0: Hey, it's Quartic. So, once again, we have run over Uh, the amount of material that could reasonably be pared down into one episode, so we, we will be splitting this into a Part A and a Part B. Part A does end somewhat abruptly as a consequence, but just hang tight and we'll get Part B out to you as soon as we can.
1: Welcome to Ace Interpretations, a podcast about asexuality, fandom, and where they intersect. I'm one of the hosts, KK. I'm Quartic. And I'm Love the Heaven. Today's episode is about sex and other forms of intimacy.
2: So before we jump into that, we did get a Twitter direct message from a fan called Dean, and this was a reaction to our last episode. I'm just going to read out loud part of it. He said... You discussed locker room talk, etc., but none of you were quite sure exactly how men talk behind closed doors and whether the media portrays them differently. Well, as a cisgender male, growing up in a small town, women were definitely seen as conquests. Not just young men. Fathers, uncles, grandparents all share stories of, that time I f***ed Lisa behind the gym, and I always got the impression that most of these were lies. But hindsight has allowed me to see that my subconscious asexuality was totally naive. Men, like myself, were looked down on if they hadn't had sex yet, and I once admitted I didn't have a crush on anyone. And nobody believed me, and I was actually shamed to the point that I made a list of girls I thought were nice, and I told everyone I had a crush list just to seem normal. I've never questioned my gender, but for a long period I thought, if I was a woman, wouldn't this be easier? not having sex, that is, because it is generally acceptable, at least by parents, that women don't engage in sex until they are ready, etc. I don't want to say it's easier to be a female-identifying asexual, but I will say I'm grateful for the male asexual characters like Sherlock, debatable, and Raphael from Shadowhunters. This is
1: honestly both really interesting to me to hear, I mean, read, just because, again, this is obviously an experience that the three of us can not necessarily relate to because that's where we don't get to be in a boy's locker room, you know? So obviously we don't know that point of view, which was part of why in the previous episode, we had such a hard time being like locker room talk.
0: What is that? Cause it's different. Yeah. So uh, a family member recently, like they, who listens to this show, shared their own anecdote of uh, being surprised at how, kind of explicit or, or lewd like the female version of Locker Talk can get. That it was sort of like sort of eye-raising or eyebrow raising. Like, oh, yes, there is sort of a, a... Like, women do also talk about it. Like, it isn't like a male-exclusive thing.
2: What, what's the what's the female version? We, we didn't talk about that on our podcast, did we? Uh, sort of talking about others,
0: like the other opposite gender in sexually explicit ways is not unique to men but it's more normalized by men yeah and then in this conversation i've been brought up like the vagina monologues because it's kind of like related to the whole women's lib and and sort of sexual awakening as this whole thing like oh women should be allowed to talk about these things too and make it less taboo etc etc i mean it's it's kind of like the way and this goes more into like the prudishness of american culture and this is why this is a rabbit hole i didn't want to go down yeah no thank you uh so much because we really appreciate getting those other perspectives because whenever we do this podcast i feel like we're all very aware that we can only really speak for ourselves and our own viewpoints and it's just really awesome to hear from our from our listeners and when they they share their own experiences
1: we really like hearing from you guys
2: yes thank you I think we're going to start off talking about intimacy in general and just what it is. So Cordic, do you want to explain a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So intimacy definition, here we go. Um, Intimacy at its like most basic, most broad is just closeness. Uh, It can be like, we could talk about and and divide things up and say like emotional intimacy or like physical intimacy. Um, But it all kind of circles around this idea of, being close with another person um and it is closely tied with like love but like love there are a lot of different variations and shades and, and forms of intimacy um just as there's a lot of different ways of of feeling love as we have like non-romantic love and, and we've gone into that before on this podcast
2: yeah both romantic and non-romantic love can have intimacy in it and even just Things that you might not necessarily call love, like when you're just feeling like you like a person, They're someone who's a friend who you've just recently become friends with them, you might not use the word love to describe your feelings, but there can be an intimacy between the two of you.
0: Yeah.
1: And those can be some of the really close friendships you have like throughout your life.
2: Yeah, they can grow into closer and closer more intimacy until you exactly. might decide that a deep platonic love is the right word for what you have between the two of you.
1: I feel like intimate friendship is
2: like a turn of phrase, but I'm also not positive. Right. But yeah, the two, the two big types of intimacy that people discuss have to do with physical intimacy or emotional intimacy, I think. And you can pretty much you know group most things into one of those two categories there are also times people might be close physically but there isn't any intimacy in the f- because of the way you the yeah. one one person feels about it so when you're sitting next to a stranger in close quarters on the metro or something it's not intimacy despite being in your own in your personal space so it, it gets it's complicated but that is part of it
0: yes yeah, exactly and then it can also be used euphemistically, like, to get intimate with someone um, usually implies some hanky-panky going on.
2: No one uses that word except for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, there are people that use that word, like grandparents
1: or some of them.
2: I mean, I know it was already said by Cardiac in a previous episode, but I'm just like, can't we just say the word sex? Like, what? what is this hanky? It was, like, almost more explicit to say hanky-panky. Like, what is this?
0: <laughs> well, it was I mean, funny. it's more involved it was- to say it, certainly. There's more <laughs> syllables. <laughs> Well, like... It, horizontal tango?
2: The beast with two backs. It sounds a lot like the word spanking, which might be what it brings to mind for me, or something. Well, then. That's also later in the episode. I'm just saying, there's this P-A-N-K similarity, and no one in my life uses the word, so when I hear it, I'm like, what are you even saying? Like, I have to think for an extra second.
0: <laughs>
2: All right, then.
0: So you want to talk about sex? Is that what you're saying? I feel like that is what you're saying. <laughs>
2: Okay. So yeah, I do want to talk about sex. I think we decided the name of the episode would be sex and other forms of intimacy. And there's this is true. (laughs) There's a lot of different things to talk about when it comes to sex. So we're gonna put intimacy itself mainly on hold. And just try to talk about some broad things that have to do with asexuality and sex and maybe fandom. (laughs) And, you know, Once we cover a handful of things from there, we can go back to the topic of intimacy. So there are asexual people, probably the majority of them, who identify as sex-repulsed to some degree. Some people like me prefer terms like sex-averse. Some people use it to mean a really wide variety of things. Sometimes it's about what kind of media people are willing to consume, and sometimes they're not sure if they're repulsed or not because they've never really been close enough to a situation where they themselves would be having sex. But the way I want to really address it right now is that there are a large number of aces. You can see from like the asexual community census, it's like the majority of aces, including people who identify as demisexual, people who identify as gray sexual, can be sex repulsed. And it can mean that they couldn't comfortably be having sex with someone else. They partnered sexual activity is not for them. It's something that, you know, they actively would rather avoid. And that's one way that being asexual can play out for people who are, you know, asexual readers of fan fiction, they wouldn't necessarily ever relate to a character who's having sex. They might be repulsed by the sex in on the fanfiction page, or you know, being shown in a certain visual medium, or these types of things. But they also, um, if you have an asexual character, some asexual characters would be sex repulsed in this way, and would be, you know, when they come out to a new potential love interest in the story, they might be explaining sex is off the table, never going to happen, like that kind of thing. And so that's one, you know, thing that is, you know, on just a basic level, let's acknowledge that for lots and lots of aces, this is what being asexual means. It's more than just, I don't feel like sex, or I'm saving myself for marriage, or this is like, intertwined with their whole sexual orientation. It's a very innate, kind of permanent part of them. Sometimes it's not permanent. Sometimes their people are um fluctuate in their feelings. They can there's words like arc flux and people who feel repulsed sometimes and not other times. It's very complicated. Everything's complicated, right? <laughs> but Yeah. Everything is complicated.
1: That's part of the whole reason we have all this.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, some people might be um, you know, demisexual for instance and When they feel the sexual attraction would like to have sex, but during the rest of their time when they don't feel sexual attraction, feel repulsed by the idea of it, not all demisexuals are that way, but some are. So that's where you've got, you know, such a array of ways you could represent people in your, you know, represent them via characters in asexual fan fiction or in other types of fandom and other types of fiction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and for the record, you did describe it just about right there for the demisexuality, at least in terms of my experience of it. It is very much like a, I'm either there or I'm not. There's a like a line in that distinction.
2: Right, you either you want sex or you really don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, and usually we're on the one side of it, not the other. And that is something I have to broach with people. If we're looking at a relationship, it has to be like, look, you need to understand, there's a wall there. There's a door in it, but it's a wall.
0: Nice analogy. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess, like, in in contrast to being sex-repulsed uh, would be being sex-favorable, and this would be aces who... Well, I don't want to say, like, do the opposite of what you just described. <laughs> um, no, it's, like, aces who are either at certain times or, like, generally speaking... Um, okay with having sex, or even, like, enjoying sex. Um, I, this was, like, I got tripped up for a while. Like, the difference between being sex-favorable and sex-positive. Um, so, sex-positivity is a movement, and I don't know if it still has any traction, or if it's been kind of subsumed by, like, the Me Too movement, or supersede or how things are going. Um, but basically, like, sex-positivity... Uh, is this idea that we should push back against slut shaming um, that like consenting sex between adults can be like a positive influence and we should like encourage good healthy sexual practices
2: right I mean it even often includes teenagers should be allowed to consent with each other and it includes a lot about queer sex and kinky sex and all this stuff is still consensual and okay and that whole yeah, side of the and,
0: movement. And sort of like supporting sex workers. Yeah,
2: it
1: was. a. I think it still has some traction.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's like other things. as like it's not the sort of top foremost things. And so I think I went say like, oh, yeah, sex positivity is this. This is what I meant when I'm like talking about like sex positive. And then people take it to mean that I'm, I said I have sex favorable. I'm like, well, no, that's something else.
2: Yeah, no, some cases on Tumblr... Started using terms like sex positive. Well, no, started using the term sex positive to mean sex favorable. And I'm not sure really how it happened or caught on, but it became fairly popular in certain pockets of Tumblr. And people just in asexual communities might, especially younger people who weren't aware of the sex positive movement, will continue to just use this phrase. But what they, but they really shouldn't because it's just such a, it means something so specific and so different. It's about this other, you know, political movement and attitude towards sex in society. It's not a good, you can't just use the word as well for your own personal, you know, feelings about having sex or not having sex. I mean, you can and they do, but I am strongly in favor of let's, use different terms like sex favorable or something else anything but sex positive really that, that's yeah, where i am mean I.
0: there's <laughs> there's enough words floating around in all these like niche subculture communities that like if we can't build a consensus around the words we do use it just becomes like a really big mess um because there's just
2: there's already like so many like every episode we're like defining (laughs) (laughs) there's also sex negative feminism and no one who's none of the aces i've seen using sex positive are saying sex negative really they they know that much they say sex repulsed still so that's an interesting dichotomy but sex negative stuff is mainly a uh, much more it's a much smaller political movement and it's about the idea that all sex is inherently violent or something so like wow i mean it's it's more nuanced than that but that's the it's it's got tones of that to it it's like treat sex as negative by default or something
1: that's interesting i mean this is what i get for mainly following like artists and like photos of dogs on tumblr like i've experienced none of this so it's really kind of interesting and mildly terrible (laughs) at the same time to hear all this yeah yeah just taking it all in for a minute here wow okay yeah
2: so you were talking about sex favorable aces cordic one thing that i can bring up now is a person who has a pillow fort and also cross-posted their posts to dream with has the username Well This Is Nice. And Well This Is Nice sent us as one of two links to recommend to us after listening to some episodes of our podcast a post about asexual erotica. And this post is about how they love reading um sex that's very queer in an ace way. And it, it lists a bunch of different scenarios as examples of Things that are queer ways that that aces might be in sexual situations or that aces might have sex. Things that aren't, you know, that the ace characters maybe, or maybe even not aces. Maybe allosexual people are having these types of unusual sex scenes, but a sex-favorable ace could see themselves more in some of these scenes than typical heteronormative sex. Um, Some of these scenes are just like you know, you approach sexuality from a different perspective. Maybe it's all about pleasure for only one of the two partners, but it's still intimate between the two of them, things like that. And there's a lot of different ways it plays out. And all of these probably lean more towards what sex-favorable aces would be um, participating in and interested in than sex-repulsed aces. But that's just a broad, you know, generally speaking way of approaching it. We are going to link to both this post and... And the other Dream With post that, well, this is nice, sent us um, in our show notes, because they're both really interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: They really were just fascinating reads. I really recommend looking into them.
0: Yeah, just going back to the idea of, because um, I mentioned, like, we brought up consent with, with sex positivity, and not to go down the whole rabbit hole of consent, because I feel like I mean, it's definitely something worth talking about. And since this Me Too era has bloomed, uh, talking about like what is consent and what is enthusiastic consent um, has a, has come more to the the forefront of conversation. Or like, there's more conversations happening about it, um, which I think is is definitely a good thing. Agree. There were a couple of there were a couple of studies done at um, at colleges. I'm tr- I I don't have the in front of me. Uh, But they were sort of did like surveys of giving like different scenarios and then asking, you know, was this consented, you know, was this consensual or not? Um, And they got like different responses, like wildly different responses. And it sort of highlights this problem of like if one person thinks a particular thing is consensual and the other person thinks it is not consensual, then there's like there's there's serious issues when like people can't even agree on. On like what is consent, and so it's it's not an I'm not gonna say like oh it's harder for aces or anything like that, but it's sort of like there's like an additional complication. It's, of, it's just hard in a different way. Yeah, because yeah, you are sometimes you might not even be sure. Like there's so many things that you get told. Oh, you'll know it when you feel it, or oh, you're gonna feel it someday or the expectations of like what For the record I hate that speech <laughs> yes but but like things you should be doing like I held hands with my boyfriend because it seemed to be the thing to do not because it gave me any real pleasure or happiness. I mean it was inconvenient like I was down one hand instead of having two hands to do things I had one hand to do things and it was like uh um you know so it's like like other things like that but you you go through the motions because you think well maybe if i maybe eventually i will reach an understanding or i will see what this is all about or like i will understand the point because everybody keeps talking it up and saying what a great thing it is and like at any point you're like still not seeing the appeal of it but but surely at any moment now like maybe you just have to try to find out and it's like um yeah so consent is sort of complicated by this idea of without the complete
2: playbook without knowing all the information that you need to know right so there's a really popular tumblr post by I think it was starchy thoughts um, that was about hermeneutical or injustice I don't know how to pronounce the word but I'm going to link to it in our show notes and that was all about the deep complicated lack of fairness in not having the whole playbook right and not knowing that asexuality is even a thing when so you don't have the right framework to understand your thoughts and feelings and the world doesn't know it's a thing so they don't have the right uh, framework for understanding the way you're reacting to sex and sexual situations and so consent got really complicated when maybe you said yes and You wouldn't have if you'd known you were ace, or maybe, you know, they expected that your partner expected things of you that only made sense because they thought everyone was allosexual and other things like that. And it's just one of the many ways to talk about how complicated consent is for asexuals a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, sort of like, would the confounding aesthetic attraction with like sexual attraction be part of that? Where it's like, oh, you find a person attractive and like society and everyone tells you that, oh, what you are feeling must be like physical attraction, even though it's not. But like the labels that you're putting onto your own feelings then get mixed up. Yeah. And you think like, oh, I'm feeling physical attraction, even though you are not and therefore not actually aroused, which then creates its own problems.
2: Yeah, there's all sorts of aspects of that.
1: This is part of why I'm so glad for the, the internet being partly such a big part of people's lives right now because people can actually look up information and like supplement what they're learning and they can actually get information on how to better recognize their own thoughts and maybe what they're going through. Yeah, for sure. Because of all this kind of stuff that happens. Because again, there was a long time where again, no one talked about it. It was not common knowledge. It was not out there in the universe for people to just know And in many situations, again, people don't get told about this. People aren't introduced to it. And therefore, they still can feel very conflicted and everything. Hooray for open information.
2: Yeah. Right. So we've got... um, I mean, there are gray asexuals, and sex-favorable asexuals might not be entirely without sexual attraction. They can be on any part of the spectrum. We've already talked slightly about demisexuality, although we, you know, I'm sure you remember the definition from other places, other episodes and other places that you've heard about it. But in terms of gray sexuality and demisexuality, both are usually based on the idea that there is some sexual attraction. Sometimes gray sexuality is about you're not sure if it's sexual attraction or not, regardless it doesn't seem to matter much to you what you are or aren't feeling. Grey sexuality is a big umbrella.
1: Yeah, if you think of it kind of like, again, like a color line, you've got like white on one end, black in the other. on the other end of it. We really are kind of in the middle if you're on the grey asexual or demisexual spectrum. We can be more toward the asexual side or we can be more toward the other. And it can be tricky figuring out what is actual sexual attraction? Because again, it's a little bit different for us, and society does kind of tell us it's this.
0: Yeah. See, I wanted to say like, oh, there's like shades of gray, but now that that's a book, it like completely ruins. We my are not bringing that book into this. You nuance. leave that.
1: You leave that outside. This. See, I'm not.
0: No, no, I'm not exactly. I am leaving that book there. But I was about to just talk about, oh yeah, there's like shades of gray, and it was just gonna be like a normal
2: pun.
1: Right, nuance, but now it's ruined. Like, we just can't do it anymore. Yeah,
2: thanks a lot. <laughs> there is a web comic, Shades of A, though. So oh that's funny too.
1: I kind of like. I, I kind of I mean, love that. I, and there's an,
2: there's a there's an ace character who does like non-sexual kink and stuff. We might have to link to that. Dress for Bonzies.
0: Well, without without getting too off-topic, um, so the other thing is is like when we talk about like what is sex. That is a lot broader than, uh, than just straight up – I mean, there's all sorts of acronyms to just talk about, like, oh, penetrative sex. Yeah. Um, but uh, it reminds me of – actually, of, it was a John Oliver episode. They were talking about, like, s- the sorry state of sex ed in America. I love that episode so much. That was a great episode. Highly recommend it. Just talking about, like, all sorts of combinations of, like, hands and mouths and genitals and, like, any which way you want <laughs> – we're going to link um, this episode, don't worry, but that, people. <laughs> it's, uh, the other thing, is like, like what one person can consider to be, like, a sex act or very sexual, like, might not be sexual to another person. Um, and I think that's just, like, those, you know, things being subjective to every individual. Uh, but I think especially to make note of, in, like, mixed-orientation couples like one partner is asexual and the other's not. Um, the ace partner might like participate in in sex acts like just to for the because they they want to make their partner happy and they don't mind. It's
2: like, right, well also something like cuddling might be very much not sexual, might not even be romantic if you're an aromantic person um but for the other person per it might be romantic. like super romantic and arousing mm-hmm. and it depends on the person but there can be all sorts of things where there's like it's not even the ace participating in a sexual act in there at all it's like we were just sitting here like you're we were just yeah, touching yeah. in yeah, some way no. and, and well yeah. and that that goes back to like the
0: kind of ace fear of like was i flirting i didn't mean to be Um, there are a bunch of studies that actually say no one can actually tell when someone is flirting
2: wait what yes i saw i saw that going around twitter or something where where they were like people are asked was this flirting or not and most people get it wrong most of the time based on what the actual person's intention was
1: yeah just basically the majority of people cannot tell the difference between like someone who's just being friendly versus someone who's actually flirting
2: yeah well that's and so this is this isn't even an ace specific problem apparently it's the whole world but yeah th- so there's also things like making out um where for some people kissing open mouth or with tongue or whatever is separate from sex it's kissing and some aces are like i'm really into kissing i just don't like sex some people you know are ace and like both some people are ace and really like neither and are like kind of like i identified as kissing averse as well as sex averse so it's like a big you know it's a big topic it's complicated um
0: (laughs) and yeah i mean my connection to to kissing is i don't get it like (laughs) like try like and then it was like just you know closed mouth like nothing more than that like my boyfriend one time was like Try to talk, and I just like clamped my like nope, don't don't put your tongue anywhere. um And it was like again, sort of like doing the expected thing, um not really minding it, but not getting anything out of it either. You know? Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was just like whatever, and I was like, "Am I supposed to be feeling something now?" Because I'm not.
2: Yeah, I wrote in my Glee Four Ace Faces fanfic about uh like. I guess it was one of the characters was like expecting kissing to be like you know licking ice cream off of a spoon, but when he tried it, it was more like just licking an empty <laughs> spoon like why why are we doing this like
0: <laughs> oh I think i oh oh, I remember analogy have I shared the the licking windows analogy before i don't I don't think remember, you have,
1: and I'm really curious now,
0: <laughs> oh, I'm trying to see if I remember it. It was like kissing is like licking windows for me because it's something that I've done very rarely <laughs> but um, just out of like curiosity it doesn't like really do anything and then there's like some windows that I just would not lick like in public or like in a church oh, <laughs> <This> <laughs> I am kind of loving of this <laughs> um, yeah it's like licking windows <laughs> There's
1: a time and a place. I admittedly cannot totally relate to the window thing, because I enjoy kissing if it's someone that, again, I get to the point where I start to have interest
0: with them. So you put, like, jam on the window and then licked it.
1: I want to (laughs) say yes, but I'm also picturing jam on a window, and I don't want to admit to that. No,
0: that's
2: taking the analogy too far. I think the analogy might fall apart at some point when you start adding it, it jam does. to it. But. The jam
1: on the window is where it fell apart.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, it was fun. For I mean, long. it's a funny picture, admittedly. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so asexuality is a spectrum. And asexuality is um, one piece of an explanation of how someone feels different from allosexual society. But it doesn't mean completely not sexual for a lot of aces. There's there's plenty of people on the ace spectrum who have all sorts of um, sexual experiences that may be consensual and enjoyable, as well as. Aces who had non consensual and non enjoyable experiences of various types.
0: Yeah. So before we we move on, just like a quick like side note, I want to interject here because it, we're recording this in June and it's it's Pride Month. So you know, kind of like looking back on LGBTQ history, and uh, it's important to note that some aces can participate uh, in sex for like sex work reasons. So and I mention this uh, because it is it is Pride and it is in fact. Like, 50 years since the Stonewall Inn riots, right? Um, And so, like, Marsha P. Johnson, who was, like, involved in that and was a trans woman. And she was a sex worker as well, right? And then, or or someone else close, like, in that community. um, And sex work was used to help keep, like, homeless LGBT youth off the streets, Um, because if you look at, like, what proportion of the homeless youth proportion is queer, it's, like, I don't know if it's the majority of it, but it is, like, well
2: above, like, the average. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's
2: a lot that go through it. A lot of trans teenagers get kicked out, yeah.
1: And just a lot of LGBT kids in general.
0: Yeah, and then before, I mean, there's still not enough anti-discrimination laws out there, so you want to say, like, oh, why... Why go to like sex work as this kind of like profession that is uh well illegal in a lot of states and also just so stigmatized and it's like, well, if you are really visibly queer, then you can get fired for your job or you can just not get hired. Um and so it kind of like throughout the history of of LGBTQ and you know, uh there's just been more limited employment opportunities.
2: Yeah, I mean Marsha P. Johnson was arrested over a hundred times related to sex work stuff according to Wikipedia, so
0: Okay, yes, I was right. I wasn't getting her mixed up with the <laughs>
2: But she wasn't the only one either. There are asex workers that are currently out and discussing, like um on like in articles. I've seen multiple articles talking about being an asexual sex worker. I I, I know that there's I mean, maybe not that many, but it is like a thing that um, some people are speaking up about currently as a thing that they do, not necessarily because they're forced into it, but because this is a choice that they consent to, to work in this field that, you know, it it works for them in their life to use their body to make money or to use their ability to perform in a sexual way to make money. This is just... Whether it's phone sex or other types of sex work where you use your body, it's, you know, aces might choose this field for a lot of the same reasons that anyone of any other sexual orientation chooses this line of work. And there's a whole, you know, variety of reasons people do.
0: Like the the main problem with like prostitution is really more sex trafficking. Um, and like all of the problems associated with not going into it voluntarily. Um, but in countries where like you legal where they've legalized prostitution, then prostitutes have workers rights. Um, they have like hours and you know health access to health care um, and-, and all these other things. And there was an interesting point uh, this was actually Adam moons everything about how like prostitutes settled the wild west. like they brought, um, philanthropy and towns and like schools and like all these other yeah that was
1: another things, really good episode um, that came about again another just really interesting tidbit about history.
2: Let's go back to um so we can really see though that for a sex worker where it's just a job, there isn't intimacy in the sexual acts no matter what right. you know that how however much intimacy is used as a euphemism for sex. If you're doing like webcam work, these are all not actual intimacy that you have with your customers. I mean, this is a different, this is a, this is such a different side of sex, right?
0: Yeah. It's like we're talking about with the subway. It's like, yes, you are physically close to them, but it is not intimacy in the way we generally use the term intimacy.
1: Yeah. in the way that we're talking about today it is not that kind of intimacy.
2: So we can talk about the other forms of intimacy side of our topic that we were going to talk about tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Going back to a point and bringing up a new one when we, we talked about how uh, something may or may, like might be it's considered sexual by one person, but not sexual by the other. And I think this is also can play out on, like, a cultural level uh, in that, like, some things seen through, like, one cultural lens will be like, oh, that is a very sexual thing, or, or it's not. Um, and it's worth noting, like, that America really, like, highly sexualizes any form of physical intimacy, and that, that this is, like, not true of uh, other countries necessarily. Like, there was a I think it was a Studio Ghibli film. Uh, so, so Japanese where there's, like, a young child who I think is, like, seven or eight in a hot tub, like, just, it's a, there's, a, I can't think of the word for it, but the, like, it's Japanese-style bathtub, right, uh, with, like, an adult man, and that this is, like, really shocking to Western American audiences for being like, oh my goodness, this is so inappropriate, um, and Japan is like, what, it's just a bath like there's nothing or like how in a number of like other countries like family members or friends will like kiss on the lips you know whereas like in america oh no you know you have to kiss on the cheek or not at all um unless like like lip kissing is strictly sexual um and it it really i think we brought this up a bit in the in um intersectionality talking about gender I think we did yeah um, and how yeah because. I think it's, it bears repeating. Like, because, like, physical affection is so sexualized, it means that, like, men in particular uh, and, and boys, like, cannot have any kind of, like, physical intimacy at all, um, w- especially with, like, with the same gender. Or it's like, oh, but that's so sexual. It's like, it doesn't have to be.
2: Right. Heterosexual. We talked about it in our bromance episode, actually.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Bro TPs and QPRs. Oh, that's fault. Yeah. So...
2: Yeah, it's, you know, if you're um, heterosexual or trying to pass a straight and you're a guy, you can't, you know, get away with any touch at all unless you're in a romantic or sexual relationship kind of thing.
0: Yes, and that this is bad because humans are are social animals that actually do require touch to be healthy, generally.
1: Yeah, no, and I actually kind of went through that. I took me a while to break myself of that. I think I was like, I was like 12 when a guy who was not a close friend or like a family member like kissed me on the cheek and I like freaked out internally because I was like, oh my God. That doesn't just happen. And I was freaking out like the bad way. Right, you you, you read sexual
2: connotations onto a guy kissing? No, but
1: it was something that like I didn't see as like a normal thing. It was something that was like, you don't just do that. It was like a line had been crossed.
2: Yeah, it was an invasion of personal space by American standards. Well, but again, in comparison
1: to some of these other countries, that's a more normal thing. Like, that could happen. So I'd be like, ah, well, maybe not that blase about it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It took me a while to kind of be like, that sometimes just happens. People have different patterns and cultures
0: and systems. Breathe. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of, of physical affection... And I don't know if I can generalize and say, like, a lot of aces I know like cuddling, but I do know, like, on more Oh, than they like, like cuddling. I have yeah. numbers on that. Yeah, there's, cause I've been to, like, just giant puppy piles, you know? Like, there was, like, one meetup, I can't remember. Oh, we were at, well, don't need to name names. Someone's house, um, and they had this huge bean bag. Like, so if you know how big a full mattress is, which is just such a weird name to describe a mattress, but I'm like, You know, the mattress that's between a twin and a queen. Is it full? I know
1: exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, so it was a beanbag, like, this big, but, like, round. And I think we got, like, at least four people on it, just kind of, like, in a big old ace jumble. And it's, like, really refreshing because it isn't sexual. And you know it's not sexual because, like, you're going into, like, oh, we're all ace here. Um, let us get our fill of, like, physical touch and and just cuddles and, you know, feel good about that. Um, although I don't, I don't, like, talking about, like, intimacy, though, I, for me, cuddling isn't that much of an intimate act because, again, like, I'll be cuddling, like, several people at once and sometimes, like, new people who are like, oh, you're new? Like, do you want to join us on the couch? Let's see how many people we can fit on the couch. Um... Or it's like, I mean, there's some people who like, oh, I know this person pretty well, like they're a friend, but I'm not in a any kind of queer platonic relationship with them or not. And it's not like, oh, cuddling is something that I do with this person specifically um, as a form of closeness. It's just like, but I do sacrifice comfort for a cuddle sometimes because there's like, like sitting on someone else's lap, like there's no good place to put your arms that isn't going to cut off someone's circulation at some point you know say with their arms but it's like i'm doing this like for the sake of having arms around someone because like that is the end goal does that make
1: sense yeah because i actually did that um me and my friends in college actually kind of did this now this was about the time i was out to like a couple people i was not out to like everyone because I wasn't positive about everyone just yet. But it got to, like, finals week, and we were all, like, super, super stressed. Every single one of us, just, like, losing sleep, hot, just on all the caffeine. We were on all the caffeine possible. And we started doing these huge study groups, and what we'd basically do is just get a bunch of pillows, a bunch of blankets, and just giant cuddle puddle, because we all were just, in general stress and seeking comfort and it was one of the most relaxing things i've ever done just because again it's just a nice cuddling experience
0: there's nothing sexual about it or anything like that yeah uh so thinking on it more i think part of it is probably uh maybe me being aromantic <laughs> so if I'm talking about, ha, huh, you know, I've never really cuddled someone romantically, it's like, well, I'm also not a romantic person. Um, and so for romantic aces, uh, cuddling would certainly be, uh, a, a more, in, like, not more intimate, um, would certainly be an intimate form of, of connection. Uh, and so, like, more so than, like, yeah, I guess it's like there's there's various degrees of, like, how romantic do you want cuddling to be? But I know cuddling is, as you said, yeah. KK, cuddling is big in the ace community. It does seem to be, yeah. I've I've got some uh,
1: votes on that, actually. Yeah.
2: Right, go ahead with your notes, KK.
1: Yeah, so one of the things we did in preparation for this episode was we reached out to you guys. We put out a couple posts asking you guys for your thoughts on non-sexual intimacy. Specifically on Twitter. Yeah, specifically on Twitter, just because I don't know about other people and their reaching out attempts, but usually Twitter tends to get better feedback, I've noticed. And we also even did a poll at one point, but the first thing we did was we just made a general post asking you guys for what are some forms of non-sexual intimacy that you guys enjoy. And we got all... Kinds of stuff. Some of the ones were people just sleeping together, deep talks, small touches, physical demonstrations of affection, hugging, kisses on cheeks, foreheads, just being emotionally open, people who communicate a lot. But one of the big ones we got was a lot of people saying cuddling. And then we did a poll, like I said after that, where we put four things on it. One of the options was hugging, cuddling. One was like hair care where someone will like braid your hair or like play with your hair. The third one was sleeping together. Just sleep. Obviously. The fourth one was like listening to someone's heartbeat, which is one that I've seen on some of the like different articles that talk about it.
2: Right. So you picked, you wrote made this poll with four forms of physical, but not sexual intimacy for people to vote on.
1: Correct. And overall 68% of people voted for hugging cuddling as their preferred form of physical, non-sexual intimacy. Everything had a percentage, but, like, Listen to the Heartbeat only had 7%, Sleeping Together, 11 Hair Care, 14 Hugging Cuddling was the hands-down favorite.
0: Yeah, I think I voted for, like, hair things, but I'm, now that we're in the middle of this intimacy episode, I'm like, okay, but I think I just voted for that because that's, like, my favorite form of physical touch. Um, but it's not, but that counts. No, it's an intimate right, moment. No, but like, here's the thing is it's not necessarily intimate for me. Um, I mean, it's definitely like if I'm going to try, like if I'm going to solicit it from a friend, it needs to be someone I'm close with. Cause I'm just not like comfortable asking like, Hey, can you do like fingers yeah, through my hair? And then be like, but, but not, no, you like a lot of people are like too gentle. And they're like, just like patting it. It's like, no, like, you know, through, uh, so hard to get like good hair pets. So the thing is, <laughs> yeah, why I'm saying it's not necessarily intimate is that I also like going to a hair salon and getting my hair shampooed, and like they know how to do it right because they're like doing the right amount of pressure. Um, but they're complete strangers, and I don't know their name, so it's not necessarily intimate. It's just like a physical form of touch that I enjoy.
1: Okay, then that makes sense too.
0: And that concludes Part A of Sex and Other Forms of Intimacy. Part B will be out in two weeks, so stay tuned. I like to think of it as a feature rather than a bug that we as podcasters have a lot to say about any particular subject. It's really a good thing when you think about it. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at AceTurperTweets or our gmail is acetrepretations at gmail.com thanks for your patience